Thank you for listening to episode 93 of the 200 Churches Podcast. As we open up episode 93, here's a short message from John Finkeldy from growahealthychurch.com. Hi Jeff and Johnny, this is John Finkeldy from Australia saying g'day to you guys. Thanking you for your mention of me on your recent podcast and uh, our ministry, Grow a Healthy Church. Just so excited to uh, know that we'll be connecting and uh, chatting sometime down the track. Uh, And just to let you know that uh, Western Australia, where I live, which is a state that is one million square miles, we have only two and a half million people, most of them living on the coast, uh, is 13 hours ahead of Iowa. So I'm getting tomorrow ready for you. And right now, tomorrow looks fantastic for you guys. So thanks again for connecting. Look forward to talking. Take care and we'll chat again. Bless you. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, which is all about pastors of small churches. If you are a small church pastor or leader, this podcast is for you. Each and every Wednesday, we deliver another episode specifically designed to bring ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who serve and lead in a 200 church. The Stars and Stripes of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. And let me tell you, if you've never listened to the podcast before, this is a very different beginning to any of our podcast episodes. And if Johnny and I have ever been flying by the seat of our pants, it is right now. Uh, The date today is October the 30th. It's a Thursday. I'm recording this intro in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm here with my son, Douglas, and most of the rest of my family Uh, who are here because on October the 18th, Doug had a bad uh, vehicle accident, was involved in one. Uh, He suffered a traumatic brain injury. Uh, We are at uh, what is called the Madonna Rehabilitation Hospital in Lincoln, and uh, this is his second day. I was with him through the night last night, his first night. Got about three hours of sleep last night, and it was pretty rugged. I'll tell you what... um, the last two days I have probably cried more and harder and been in the depths of despair and discouragement than I have ever been in my life. And uh, the rest of my family uh, has helped me through it. And, um, you know, you think you've, uh, you know, you've gone a week, uh, you're into your second week of something terrible happening to one of your children. And you think that you've kind of hit the bottom, but then you find out that there's new bottoms that you haven't hit yet. So I have feelings and emotions right now that I don't even really know what's going on. But I do know this, that we've been doing this 200 Churches podcast now since January of last year, 2013, where Johnny and I are both very passionate about encouraging pastors of small churches. I'm a pastor of a small church, a 200 church. I need encouragement in my church family. My friends, my family, our community has encouraged me and our family through this, really, this tragedy in our lives in some really incredible ways. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Johnny has been just a great friend and partner to be involved in at this time. He has picked up the the ball at the church along with the elders in our church. They've been very gracious to me to give me the time off. I need to uh, pursue whatever uh, my son needs at this really critical time in his life. So you, our 200 Churches uh, listeners, our family, I'd ask you to continue to pray for my son, Doug. 
I put up a, maybe a couple posts on Facebook that you could find out what happened there if you're not familiar with it. So this is uncharted territory for me, uncharted territory for Johnny and I and the podcast. This is the first week that we didn't have one released on a Wednesday in almost two years. But that's okay. You know, we're going through something, and Johnny's going through it uh, in a different way. You know, I'm not there at the church. We do, we're not interacting a whole lot, uh, not, not a whole lot at all. And my days are consumed with the care of my son, making sure he's getting the right care. We just transferred him here two days ago to Lincoln, Nebraska from Sioux City, Iowa. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty catatonic these days. Uh, but I do love and care about pastors of small churches and things that, that go on in our lives. That really doesn't change. My focus now is my family and my son. We've recorded an episode that hasn't aired. It should have aired last week. And instead, I, I put in a, a short recording just sharing what was going on uh, with my family. But this is, an, this is an episode number 93 with Dave Jacobs at smallchurchpastor.com. Dave and I and Johnny talk about preaching, and it's pretty interesting. I think I edited it together well, and I think you'll be encouraged in your own preaching, hopefully challenged, hopefully you'll have some food for thought. I know that because we talked about preaching so recently with him, and as I'm going through this thing in my life that I'm dealing with, I'm wondering how it is going to affect my preaching, my understanding of what preaching is and how you communicate truth and how you try to persuade people with the Word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here it is, our conversation with Dave Jacobs on the topic of preaching. I hope that you enjoy it. Dave Jacobs, welcome back to the 200 Churches Podcast. It's good to be back. It's been a little time. It's been too long. Way too long. We put you out in the desert for a while. I know. I thought, like, because of the honeymoon over, did I say something that caused trouble for you guys? Had your listeners dropped because of me or something? I didn't know what was up. (laughs) Well, we, we received a lot of complaint emails. Well, that makes sense then. I yeah. mean, you know. Dave Jacobs makes me feel too good about myself. Stop <laughs> having him on the podcast. See, but that's the way we roll, Dave. We'll never say it to your face. We just <laughs> we just don't call anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Just like the church should be. We're... I really like that. <laughs> oh, that's I like that, man. Perfect. I like that. Perfect. Just like the church should be. Okay. Well, hey Dave, we yeah. We want to talk to you today just about a, a number of different things, but one of the things is going to be preaching because you actually coach pastors in their preaching and in yeah. how to do sermon craft. What is the one thing that you see pastors wanting from you? In other words, when you say, hey, when I take you through this process, what would you like to see come out the other end of this process of coaching you on your preaching what do most pastors feel like they need help with in the preaching realm? Well, you know, most pastors, they at first, they, they really don't know what they need help on. It's kind of funny. I get two kinds of pastors, those that uh, come to me because they want uh, because they, they know they're not the type of communicators they could be. Maybe they didn't take HOM classes in seminary or whatever. And so they, you know, they're a little bit insecure to start with. And then I have other pastors that, in my opinion, they are phenomenal communicators. But they have realized that uh, no matter how good you are, you can always get better. And I have found that the really great communicators, they have preaching coaches. 
And so I've got these great uh, pastors, maybe once or twice a year, they'll touch base with me and we'll talk about that. But usually pastors, they don't know what, uh, you know, where they're weak in. And so I'll listen to a few of their sermons and I score them in some different areas. And then I, I try to help them identify weaknesses in uh, just the, the structure of their sermons and things. And a lot of times it's like a light goes on. They, you know, they just, they didn't think that they were weak in this area or, uh, or weak in another area. One of the problems is we are never sitting in the pew listening to ourselves. The only thing that's worse than listening to your sermon is to see yourself on video preaching. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have the video, thankfully. Ever. I've tried to listen to my sermons after I've preached them, and it, it's a painful endeavor. I mean, it really is, because you hear all these little, little things come out. Um, that just, for me, they just drive me absolutely crazy. That's why I never listen to the podcast. <laughs> so well, you know, just drive me crazy. I recently heard, uh, read somebody that said he was talking on preaching and he said, the single uh, most effective tool in um, becoming a better communicator is to listen to yourself. Yeah. I could see how and, that's uh, completely I could true. I could just, I could see how, you know, listening to yourself is, is that way. So, the thing is, a lot of pastors, they don't know where they're weak, and, you know, people will just come up to them after church and say, oh, a good a good uh, message, pastor, you know, but that's not really helpful, and no. sometimes you don't know if it's uh, honest either, you know. Our spouses tend to be honest with us, um, but, you know, it, that also, it's not, it's not detailed enough to help us uh, make any progress, and so that's why a preaching coach is, um, is, is really helpful. Well, now, Dave, can you, I don't know if this is a, you know, this might be an industry secret, but you, can you tell us some of the categories that you grade pastors on? Yeah. What, what are um, those? The, I look at a, you know, I mean, other than just, you know, does the person have an interesting speaking voice? You know, are they, you know, boring to listen to? You know, I try <laughs> to look at the actual kind of structure, you know, of, of the sermon. And I, I focus on really four areas. Uh, one is I just focus on the content. Uh, by that I mean, is it just solid, you know, biblically? Uh, I try not to get into any disagreements with anybody on any, you know, if they're using a scripture in a way that maybe I wouldn't, that's okay. But just is it, it is, a, is there solid uh, content to it? Then I, I look at the actual delivery, and that's where I get into, are you boring or are you exciting to listen to? You know, and I, I can't think of anything worse than boring a crowd of people. Amen. You know? church you go to you know purgatory for three days or something like that should you know should happen and so um, I'm just looking at how interesting they are uh, to listen to then I look at the area of application how practical is the sermon are you giving people things that they can really use now this is an interesting area because most pastors they think they're really good in in the application but when I listen to their sermons, it's not unusual for me to score them low in that. And, and it always kind of takes them by surprise. You know, they, they think they're more practical than they really are. And so application. And then the, the final thing I look for is just what I call continuity. By continuity, I mean um, how well does the introduction to the sermon uh, tie into the body of the sermon? How well does the conclusion tie in to the body? Is there continuity? We've probably all heard uh, speakers, you know, maybe give some introduction and say, I'm going to be talking about this. And then they never seem to talk about that. You know, and you're sitting there saying, how did we get over here? You know, why, how are we talking about this now? They misdelivered. It, yes, it lacks continuity. So those are the four areas. Now, Dave, this is very timely for me. 
and I'm going to be somewhat open. Uh-oh. Yes, Uh-oh. I'm going to be somewhat open for the it's for your benefit. Now, not you, Dave, but for you who are listening, this is for your benefit. I, I'm sure you've never experienced this, but just just last night I had a conversation with two of my elders. It was an extended conversation, and a portion, a fair amount of the conversation was about the subject of preaching. Okay. And what Sundays are for, what sermons are for, um, what are we, you know, who are we preaching to, what are we trying to accomplish, how best do you go about it, topical yeah. versus t- uh, textual. Well, they never said textual. The word, of course, is... Expository. Oh, expository. Okay. Word. Expository yes. preaching, which is, of course, the gold standard of all conservative churches, is expository. It's not preaching. expository. It's just not preaching. Well, it's <laughs> it's not the best. It's sharing, thing. really. It's, yeah. So, <laughs> so the the cool thing uh, about last night was these are two guys that I've known for years and served with for years and love and trust. I know their hearts and their commitment to our church and all that. Blah blah blah. So we had the freedom to just talk openly and freely with each other. But this whole issue of preaching, whether you're an elder who's, who's been in the church for literally decades or, or a pastor, there are, there are so many different angles to it and almost as many opinions as you have people. So, Dave, for just a second, talk about this this dynamic, this this reality that we as pastors are constantly thinking, are we pleasing ourselves are we pleasing God? Are we pleasing our spouses? Or are we pleasing our people and which people? I mean, yeah. it's like it's a menagerie of feelings and emotions and expectations all surrounding this issue of preaching. Yeah, yeah. And we, we realize that it's a, cent, a central thing that we do as ministers. And so, we, you know, we take it, you know, really seriously. And depending upon where we were raised, uh, you know, and our uh, education and things like that, you know, uh, different institutions teach homiletics in a different way. Different churches expect a different kind of style. Everything's, you know, different from church to church. And I, I think you have to be true to yourself and to, you know, who you are as far as your, your preaching style. The subject always comes up, you know, am I up there to feed the saints or to, you know, uh, relate to those who are, you know, not believers or something like that. Yeah, it's edify, so edify or evangelize. Yeah, you know, and I think you can do both. And and pe- people that say, well, it's got to be one or the other, you know, they, they just, they're just lazy. You know, they don't want to take the time to really craft a sermon that can uh, build up Christians and get the attention of non-believers that might be there uh, in a way that'll uh, make them curious and inquisitive, and you know, hopefully, uh, explore Jesus as an option. Well, I think that just to put my elders in their place, yes. I am going to hire you to do preaching coaching with me and Johnny. <laughs> okay, whoa, 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 and Johnny, wait, what did oh, I do? Oh, yes, Johnny, <laughs> you are not off the hook on this one. You know, and, and I say that joking, but but seriously, no, it'd be awesome. After after a couple hour conversation uh, with guys, and and the coolest point of the conversation, and if they're listening to this, they'll laugh at this. But one of them said, "Hey, this particular message that you preach, man, that was the money right there. That was." That was the message because you stayed right in this text, and and the deeper you go, the better you are when you're preaching, and it was phenomenal. And the other elder, now, mind you, there were only two of them talking to me. The other one was saying, 
Oh my goodness. I I could it was all I could do to just shut my mouth and get out of there that day. <laughs> with, with what you talked about and the way you I didn't know what you were saying. Were you saying this or this? Yeah. And then the other elder looked at him and he was like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. And I and I leaned forward and I put my hands on both of their knees and I said, "You guys, do you see the yeah, challenge man. in yes. this for me?" Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've all had those times where, you know, we felt we just we knocked the ball out of the park and no one says a word to us. And then those other times where we, you know, we were like that elder, we were thinking, I can't wait to get over this and get home. I'm sucking and everybody knows it. And then after the church, you know, two or three people come up and say, my life has been changed. You don't know how much that spoke to me. And it's it's kind of like a weird thing how the Lord uses sermons. And it's kind of hard for us to really judge you know, I, I tell guys, you know, do your homework. By that I mean uh, the sermon crafting responsibilities that you have. You know, uh, do you know, do your best job and get up there and speak it, and then walk away from the whole thing. Don't be overly concerned if nobody compliments you. Don't be overly impressed if someone, uh, you know, uh, doesn't or or you know says something critical. Um, you know, it, there's there's such so many factors that come into play as to why people respond to our sermons or not. Um, you know, if, if they're not very teachable, if they have some problem with us, they're not going to like our sermons. Um, if uh, people who tend to not feed themselves during the week, they, they tend to rely more upon the sermon on Sunday to feed them. And so it's easier for them to be disappointed, you know, because they're not, you know, they're not, you know, feeding themselves in between. You know, for me, it, it doesn't bother me if my pastor... Uh, doesn't necessarily feed me or inspire me once in a while on Sunday morning because I try to feed myself during the week. So I think of the sermon as kind of just a supplement to my diet, not my diet. You right, know? right. But many Christians aren't that way, so they, they rely you know, uh, upon us uh, more than they should. Dave, do you tend to, you know, we touched a little bit there on the expository, do you tend to uh, encourage pastors you know, do more of a topical thing, or do you say, you know, do more of a, or do you stay off that completely? Say, you know what, just preach how you want to preach, but make sure that it's, you know, engaging, you know, that there's continuity, make sure that you have good applications. Yeah. Well, you know, once again, pastors, they they feel really strong about certain things like topical or expository book studies and, and things like that. And uh, so I, you know, I mean, I, I personally, I think there are a lot of advantages to teaching through books in the Bible. Um, I, I think that um, it's a lot easier because every week you're not dreaming up a new subject. You just, you know where you left off and you know where you're going to pick up again. And over time, when we uh, preach through the uh, different books of the Bible, I think our people get a more well-rounded diet than when we're only doing topical uh, one reason for that is, you know, we tend to, as communicators, we tend to gravitate towards topics that interest us and that we think are going to interest our people. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. And when we get into the thing about topical, then it opens up a whole other uh, subject of how does one decide what kind of topicals or teaching direction to go in? And, and that's a very legitimate question if, uh, if you tend to do topical messages. Whereas if you, if you do more book studies, 
yeah, you really don't have to worry about that too much. But it's you know it's uh, that's probably just some of my preference of of my background and 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 what I like. And so I don't. You're right, Johnny. I don't make a big deal out of that. It, it's more you know how can we craft a really solid uh, sermon that is going to touch people in you know in where they live. To be honest with you, about when I was pastoring, about half the time I would do uh, uh, book studies and half the time I would do topicals, to be totally honest with you. Um, I just uh, really enjoy the uh, teaching through books in the you know, Bible. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's really just, you know, what is your preference? And some guys are just better at tuning in to great topics that relate to the life of their church. And, um, and as long as our topics are really scratching where people are itching, then I'm okay, you know, with that. But the same thing could be said of teaching through a book. If, you know, you can, you know, just because you're teaching through a book doesn't mean that you're teaching through a book good, you know. Right, um, right. It can be boring and, and not very applicable. You know, I was making faces to to Johnny because you were, you were defining what I had said earlier, that expository preaching is the gold standard. And then you said, now, uh, what I'm trying to illustrate is <laughs> this is the craziness of preaching. Yeah. And you pastors that are listening, you you know this. So Dave, I joke that it's the gold standard, right? Yeah. And Dave says, actually, I really think this is the best way to do it. But then he says, I really never did it more than 50% of the time. <laughs> but then he said, but I still think it's the better way to do it. You know, I just I would... try, I'm always trying to keep everybody uh, happy. <laughs> exactly. And, and See, and the thing, that, the thing that gets stuck in my craw, and I've been doing this long enough, and have gotten critiqued enough to just be kind of a curmudgeonly old, you know, cur that yeah. I get, you know, if I got to hear one more piece of advice or critique <laughs> about whether I should preach this way or this way, I want to scream. But like you said, Dave, you, you know, you could preach through a book. It doesn't mean you're going to do it well. Yeah. And you could preach topically and it doesn't mean you're going to do that well. But what I find is that whatever I'm not doing the people that like the other way will come and they'll have my ear, right? So, so we go through we go through a book, and um, boy, sure has taken us a long time to get through this book, Pastor. <laughs> or so we take we take a book and we try to we try to go through the book, but without diving into every single verse. Right. So we try to do maybe a chapter a week. Boy, it's. You sure don't get much when you're flying at 32,000 feet, Pastor. <laughs> or if you're on a topical thing that, boy, it sure would be nice if we just were, like, digging into God's Word. Or Yeah, that always sounds, that's always a nice compliment, isn't yeah, it? Or yeah. if you're in the New Testament, but it just seems like we're never in the Old Testament. <laughs> then we go to the Old Testament for a while, and, boy, you know, we've been spending a lot of time in the Old Testament. <laughs> now, pastors, this is just our life. It's true. So it's, true. it's really true. We can and be, I think that's why we, we have to really get in touch with um, what are we good at? What do we enjoy doing? Are we good at topicals? Do we enjoy doing topicals? Are we? Uh, do we enjoy doing book studies? Are we good at it? Um, but all things in, in in balance. And so I, I would say that to guys that are used to doing topicals, hey, that's great. You know, let's let's look at that. How can you put together a better, you know, topical message? Uh, but it would also be good for you to to maybe once a year, you know, let's say next year you teach through the book of Philippians or something like that, uh, to kind of just kind of stretch yourself and things, and vice versa. If if you're always teaching through book studies, do a great series on something or do some great, you know, topical messages. 
You know, I was, I was trying to think because, you know, you bring up this good point, Jeff, that, you know, pastors feel very protective of their styles. And um, uh, some of you listening even today, you might, you know, might, you might be disagreeing with, disagreeing with me. You might be disagreeing with Jeff. And I'm trying to think, you know, of some, some kind of basic things that I've seen pastors do that I think they need to work on regardless if they like to do book studies okay. or topicals. And, and here's a couple things that immediately come to mind. I think most pastors talk 10 minutes too long. I really do. I, I think that pastors, they underestimate how long they can really keep someone's attention. And so I, I just, when I hear pastors, usually I just, I, I think they, that we just talk too long. You know, that we would be better communicators if we, you know, cut things down. I don't think it's so much that people can't sit in a chair, you know, past a half hour. I just think that very few communicators are genuinely good enough to keep someone's attention for 45 minutes. And it's my opinion that somewhere around the half hour mark, people's retention and, and people's uh, attention begins to drop off. It doesn't like completely fall away. But I, I think w the farther we get past the half hour mark, uh, we are not communicating as well as we think we, sh we are. You are agreeing and, with Dan Ryland, oh, yeah? who said, you know, if you're really wanting to be a better preacher, just preach shorter messages and oh people will so think you're a better preacher. <laughs> So true. And it really is harder to put together a really good 20, 25-minute sermon than it is to put together a 45-minute sermon. So the, the first kind of universal thing that I've seen as a preaching coach, regardless if someone's into book studies or topical, is I just think they, they talk, they're talking too long. The second thing is this kind of idea that, that somehow the sermon preparation time is less spiritual than the sermon delivery time. And, of course, we, we have some guys saying, well, I, you know, I just like to, you know, uh, get up there uh, and, um, and let the Spirit lead me, you know. And it's kind of that, okay, that, that sounds really spiritual. I appreciate it and everything. But that communicates to me this mentality you have that, um, that studying and preparing and crafting a sermon is like academic and it's not spiritual. The only thing that counts is the, is the delivery. And I, I try to you know help pastors realize uh, that the crafting is just as important in the eyes of God uh, as the delivery. And to do your homework, invest in uh, crafting a, a strong sermon, and then trust what God gives you in your studies. Trust with God, what God gives you. And go up there and preach what God gave you in, when you were studying and when you were crafting. And to, to not necessarily expect that God's going to lead you down a rabbit trail. Notice how I said don't necessarily expect it. We want to be open to it. Right. But um, I, I think if God is giving me a word uh, during the week as I'm getting ready to preach, then that's the word he wants me to preach. Right. And, and I expect that that's what I'm going to deliver. And if he wants me to go to the right or go to the left, uh, he's able to make that really obvious to me. Those two things, let's make sermon crafting a spiritual experience, and then let's speak less Time, you know, let's cut our sermons down a little bit. Those are kind of those are kind of universal problems that I that I see pastors have. My last question: How many hours? How much time do you tell pastors 
to put into sermon prep? Well, first of all, that depends. If if I'm dealing with a bivocational pastor, I will obviously tell him to put sure. in less, you yeah. know. But here we get into this thing where, you know, man, with pastors, it's all over the place. And my experience has been many pastors spend way too much time crafting their sermons. Now, I know that sounds like heresy right now, okay? But <laughs> but the reason is because is pastors love to study and they love to look into the Greek and the Hebrew, and they love to read their commentaries, and they might spend three or four you know, hours doing word studies and things. For most of them, especially those that have been professionally trained, uh, maybe in seminary or something like that, you know, they, you know they, they shouldn't need to turn to the commentaries as often as they are. They spend all this time, and it's, it's just it's different for every person. But what I usually hear for like a full-time pastor they usually report anywhere from six to eight hours. And the bivocational guys, they're usually anywhere from three to four hours. I One of the things I like to do is really help pastors uh, discover how to, to um, produce a better sermon in less time. That doesn't mean we're you know minimizing the, the importance of preaching or anything. I just think it's possible to get the job done in less amount of time. This is especially um, important for bivocational guys who have limited time anyways. But even all of us that are, are full-time, we also have limited time. So it's different from pastor to pastor, but usually what I hear, once again, full-time guys, six to eight hours, maybe 10, and the part-time guys, you know, uh, three to four hours but everybody's different. Dave, you, again, are agreeing with what uh, Dan Ryland talked with us about two weeks ago when he said, you know, if you feel like you've got an unlimited amount of time to be at the office and to do ministry at the church, you're just going to take forever to do stuff. But if you tell yourself, no, I've got so many hours to do this, you will get it done in that amount of time. So sometimes the shorter message is better. The shorter yep. workday is better, and when you're at work, actually work and stay busy, and you'll be able to go home on time without leaving things undone. You know, I might add a couple more things, you know, as far as um, uh, kind of universal things uh, in sermon crafting that I see with guys regardless of their approach. One is... I really do encourage pastors to rehearse their sermons and to, you know, uh, look for an opportunity to talk it through, trying to imagine that they're in front of an audience. This is one way that we discover kind of rough patches uh, ahead of time. I, I don't want to have to make adjustments on the fly if I don't have to. I I'd rather catch something that's awkward and adjust it before I'm in front of a, a crowd. Plus, if we don't rehearse, you know, how do we really know how long our sermon is going to go? You know, so the pastor says, okay, I want to shoot for 25 minutes. Um, it's like, okay, how are you going to know for sure? Most pastors say, well, I've come over the years to realize that, you know, six pages of notes works out to about a 25-minute sermon. Okay, if that really works for you, and if you stick to your notes and things, then you're probably going to come in, you know, uh, on time. The rehearsal thing is, you know, really important. Uh, and yet, you know, a lot of pastors, they don't do that. And and then, you know, I don't really have a problem with someone going up there with notes. Uh, a while ago, you know, it was really popular to um, preach without notes. And, boy, it's hard to preach without notes. It, it actually takes a long time to memorize a sermon. Usually when guys are preaching without notes, they're not memorizing their sermon. They're just winging it. 
and they're calling it being led by the Spirit. You know, so Dave. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, you know, but not a lot of people can do that. But we're not hearing a lot anymore of people saying, you know, go up there without notes. It seems like it's lost, you know, some of its shine. I don't have a problem with someone going up there with notes. I don't have a problem with manuscript preaching. When the subject comes up, should I preach without notes? Should I preach from an outline? Should I preach from a manuscript? The answer that I give pastors is, whatever makes you the most relaxed and comfortable, do that. If you are most relaxed and comfortable preaching from a manuscript, then do that. Because it's important when we're in front of God's people that we're relaxed, we're enjoying ourselves, we're not uptight, and just the Spirit has a vessel that He can flow smoothly, you know, through because we're, you know, we're just, you know, we're enjoying ourselves. Now, with manuscript, there's nothing wrong with manuscript as long as you don't sound like you're reading a manuscript. <laughs> One uh, of the most influential churches in America, Willow Creek Community Church, the last 39 years, uh, Bill Hybels preaches from a manuscript. I know, it's funny, yeah. You know, he writes, they're all little half sheets, and yeah. he, he must move... 40 to 50 half sheets in every message. If Bill Hybels does it, then it must be right. Then there you go. It's got to well, be Well, my right. point with Bill Hybels <laughs> doing it is if Bill Hybels does it. It can't be that bad? Well, you, it, you can't say that manuscript preachers will never grow a church. That's or, for sure. Or will never, you know, feed their people. So he yeah. was able to do that. Dave, yeah. any more thoughts on preaching before we wrap this up? I've been a Christian for, I think, 42 years now, and I preached my first sermon at the age of 16. And I was trying to figure out a while ago how many sermons I've preached, not how many Bible studies I've led or how many training classes I've led or as far as speaking at seminars, conferences, things like that, but just sermons. And I think I've preached about 2,500 sermons in my career. You know, I still love doing it. I still am amazed that God lets me stand in front of people and talk to them about him. And I, I think that sometimes those of us who've been doing it for a long time, we, we might lose the awe and wonder, uh, almost like, you know, we're, we're walking on holy ground. And I think that when we uh, set apart that time uh, to study and prepare, if we can have that anticipation, that excitement, that that this is, this is the best job in the world. I can't believe that God lets me talk to people about him or God lets me open up the scriptures and help people understand the Bible. Um, I, I just still am amazed at that. And so all of our friends who are listening today, you, you know, what a privilege uh, we all have to, um, to be able to speak to people about God and so, you know, we, we want to approach the sermon crafting and delivery for the really holy thing that it is. And I just, you know, want to encourage all of us to, you know, really ask the Father to show himself to us when we're studying and to speak through us when we're uh, talking to people about him and to just um, continue to make us better and better communicators. There's always something that we can learn. And after all of those sermons I've preached, I'm still able to see areas that I need uh, to work on. So it's a great thing that we've been called to do. We need to take it seriously, and, and we need to, um, uh, you know, kind of do our homework, then get up there and give people what God has given us, and then leave the rest in his hands. Dave, thank you so much for contributing in this episode, because 
You gave so many practical, I think, foundational things to pastors to think about and um, our practices and uh, how we execute a message, how we prepare for it. This was just a really practical episode. So Good. I am happy for you pastors who are listening to just be able to have this kind of information and to be able to just really put this stuff right to use. Thanks yeah. so much, Dave. Uh, we love talking to you, and uh, we'll have you on again real soon. I hope so, guys. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Thanks, Dave. There you have it, our conversation with Dave Jacobs. Dave is the guy behind smallchurchpastor.com. Smallchurchpastor.com, uh, where Dave offers coaching to pastors of small churches, to boards of churches. He really he offers preaching coaching, uh, which we talked about in this episode. He really offers uh, coaching to pastors of all size churches. But he specializes in small church pastors. Now, if you go to our website, if you go to smallchurchpastor.com, you will find Dave's book, his book called Mile Wide, Inch Deep, Experiencing God Beyond the Shallows, Soul Care for Busy Pastors and the Rest of Us. Dave writes about soul care. He writes about us taking care of ourselves. And man, I tell you, in the, the last two weeks, what I've been through I see how very important it is for us to take care of our own souls. So I want to encourage you to get that book. I believe it's on Amazon. He's also got a site uh, where he's offering it on on his website. If you go at smallchurchpastor.com, if you go to 200churches.com slash partners, you can see Dave's book there, along with all of the episodes where Dave appears with us on the 200 Churches podcast. I do not know what's coming up next week in episode 94. I mean, we've got them. We've I've got them here on my computer. We've had some great conversations uh, with some wonderful people, with great encouraging content for you as a small church pastor. Johnny and I are going to work on that over the next week. He may be doing some of the editing in the future. It's going to be good. I know that, and uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, so thank you very much again for praying for my son Doug uh, as we work with him to try to. Uh, Help him to recover to his maximum potential uh, after this accident. The the just to I guess to be open with you, um, the doctors are all telling us that there is every reason to be encouraged by Doug's progress. He woke up after uh, an eight day coma. I say woke up. You know it doesn't just happen that quickly. Uh, But after eight days, he began to uh, recognize and connect things and he began to communicate uh, with expressions and with his eyes. And he has really come just a really long way in the past few days. Uh, but there are stages that uh, people with traumatic brain injuries go through. And Doug is, you know, working through those stages. And I think there are stages that the family members go through. And ready or not, here we come. Uh, we're working through those as well. You know, one of the things that I think is important, and I would encourage you to do as well, in whatever situation you're in in life, get, get advice from people. Listen to people who know more than you do. One of the things that I'm trying to do and, and my wife and I will try to do together is to receive some counseling and to receive some uh, advice from those who work with families where there has been a traumatic brain injury. There are just certain things that you go through that you know we don't know about because we've never been through it before. But if we're humble and teachable, and uh, we listen, we can learn, and perhaps when the, when the really rough times come, like have for me in the past 
oh, two, three days, I can know that, you know, my son, my third son, Mitchell, came up to me at a very tough time, and he said to me, Dad, Doug is going to have better days. He put his arm around me, and he whispered those words in my ear, exactly what I needed to hear. So, you know, from our kids to those who are credentialed and degreed in psychology and counseling, we can receive from others, and uh, we're looking forward to doing that. Uh, So thank you for listening to this episode. We hope that you will join us again next week for the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.